0: Welcome to this episode of the Buy the Hood podcast or webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to anyone who supports anything we got going on here at By the Hood. Because, man, listen, the support is tremendous and we appreciate all of it. Special shout out to all the students from By the Hood University, as well as the youth from the By the Hood ownership camp. Um, I got my partner in crown me as always. Core, what's up, good brother?
1: It's really good, man. Every day above ground is a good day. So let's go get
0: it. Yes, sir. With that being said, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work, building businesses, just doing great things in the community, and putting out positive energy representing our people. This brother that we have with us now has a couple different things going on. Um, you know, and we're going to talk about them all. We got, man, listen, um, I'm excited to have his brother on, man, because I, I want to really hear him talk about how he's scaling up. His second business, but we're going to start with the first business. But that being said, we got Sterling Baltimore in the building. Sterling, what's up, good brother?
2: Man, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Man, thank you for your time. Thank you for your time, man. And I know that you have a couple things. You have a t-shirt company that you've been working in for years, almost a decade at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> but recently, you started scaling up a um, vending machine business. And I want to talk about that as well. But before we get into the specifics of what you got going on with that, tell us about your background. Where are you from? Where are you born and raised?
2: Yeah, so I'm from um, Philadelphia, West Philly. Um, I went to... Insert the Will Smith quote right here. Yeah, you know what? I actually put that in there, but I didn't want to be corny, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I went to uh, Hamilton to Transfiguration, those that are familiar with that school. But my high school education was West Catholic, so that was a great experience there. Then I went on to community college and uh, Eastern University. I started out studying uh, computer animation and graphic design. Then I actually made the transition into business. Um, Then from there, I actually went into working into education. So I got a chance to kind of like, you know, try out, you know, different things, which um, eventually helped me become what I am today.
0: All right. So with that being said, though, what kind of student were you coming up? Were you a good
2: student, average student, great student? I was a struggling student, man. I was one of the students that had a very unique experience where because I was a good kid, I kind of like went through the system. Right. I didn't cause problems you know, um, and the teachers were like nice to me and they would basically give me C's to kind of get me through. But I had a very hard time like comprehending and learning because I started off in public school and then I went from public school to private school Mm -hmm. and just a different pace, different level of expectation. I was just surviving the social climate in public school. Then when I got to Catholic school, it was like, it's a safe learning environment, but I was so far behind. On top of that, I stuttered. So there was a lot of things I just didn't learn while I was in school. When I got to college, it all clicked. You know, I always was creative, but you know, I I wasn't like your traditional student, you know, at at the time. So it was was a struggle, it was a struggle for me to be honest.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So when you were going through those struggles when you were younger, what were like, what were your dreams and plans at that point? So you said you started in um, animation. So was that like something that you really thought you wanted to do at the time?
2: Yeah, like I, by me being an artist, I was always creative and I had mentors when I was growing up, like my dad, did a lot of stuff in the community, my uncle did some stuff and politics. So I was learning outside the classroom. Like I learned how to network, I learned I learned how to like, you know, just do non-traditional things outside the classroom. And by me being an artist, I was kind of like, oh, okay, like I'll just do art, you know? And, and then when I got into college, it was like I was struggling at first, cause it's like, oh, you gotta take other courses outside of art. So um, I started off in a 60th street airbrush shop and those that are, you know, kind of familiar with that area, I started airbrushing at first and that kind of like moved me forward, you know, and so like, you know, really being more of an artistic person, but that was going to be my lane. Um, and when I got to college, you know, it, it kind of shifted, but you know, that's, that, that's how I saw myself just being an artist at that point. And I kind of coasted it in school.
0: Okay. Okay. So then you said you got into, uh, studying business, um, at Eastern. So what, what uh, what, what part, was it just business management? Was it business administration? What was it?
2: It was business management you know and i kind of got to back up a little bit because when i was at community college um i, I was working for this, this nonprofit and i was teaching art and when i was teaching art i became to realize like yo i love teaching i love working with children so at that time it was like you know i wanted i started finding ways for me to like you know i really wanted to be an entrepreneur so i just took business like everybody else but i was like learning more in the in the workforce and that allowed me to really work harder at, at being a better student. So it was like I was still kind of trying to figure things out. But me working and working around kids made me realize, like, okay, I want to go back and you know do better at school. So
0: okay, all right. So that's an interesting part of your journey. Let's talk about um, your t-shirt business because that's it's been close to a decade that you've been running yeah. that. Um, tell us a little bit about how it started and kind of like you know what are you what are you doing within that business? What are your, some of your specialties?
2: Sure. So it started um, back when I was actually in the classroom. So um, even though I went to school for business, I wound up working for um, a university here at, at in, in Philly, um, and I became the director, the project director, and I essentially worked in schools, um, running like after-school programs, school day programs. Project director for Freedom School, and I was basically trying to teach my students business, and I created this partnership with the Wharton School of Business, and during that time, you know, I I started creating T-shirts. For my students, I was showing them how to, like, you know, the concepts of business, like, oh, here's a T-shirt. It was called I Love Music, and we went out and we sold it. Well, after, at that period of time, it was like the kids really wanted to do more with it, and I couldn't find a screen printer who basically was was able to make the shirts at a good amount. Because of my background in art, I kind of was like, you know, I had some experience screen printing, and I decided to, you know, started making the shirts for my students. And one day, my son's school... You know, they were like, hey, you know, if you're making shirts for your students, it was like, yo, we need some camp shirts. So I was like, cool. And I went to go do their camp order and I got a check, you know, for a couple thousand dollars. And I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, instead of me just selling like, you know, one or two T-shirts here and there at $20 a shirt, I can actually go get orders for a couple hundred shirts. And that's kind of was like that. That's our segue made the bridge into not just selling T-shirts, but actually, manufacturing and printing t-shirts
0: so tell us about that business like what are some of the um the the benefits of that business and also tell us some of the struggles that you have um in terms of the over the last like you know like i said close to a decade like tell us kind of your journey into that business and where you are now
2: yeah man that that first year man i got i got by on grace like like i was i was learning how to screen print at a level to produce quality shirts on which people were satisfied for what they were paying for right So I I had to go into a space where there was not a lot of people out there telling you what to do. You know, luckily, I I had somewhat of an art background. So I was really figuring out, like, okay, where where do you buy this from? Where do you buy that from? You know, all right, here's a process where I can make 12 T-shirts, but it's taking me four hours, right? You know, so I need to get this equipment. So the first two years, I was basically trial and error figuring out how to manufacture shirts at a larger scale. And then being able to, you know, on the front end, the customer side is like, you know, how am I interacting with customers? You know, I was trying to figure out the, the uh, process of, of taking payments. And at that time, things were starting to evolve. You know, Cash App is out, Memo was out. You know, um, you know, I, I was doing like, at the time, you could take the iPhone and slide in the square and people can swipe their credit cards. But then I also needed to do a proof of somebody's work. I had to get these systems. So there were so many front end things where it's like I had to like you know, kind of figure out the customer experience and also give them a quality product. So at the same time, I'm trying to grow on both ends. How to actually handle the production and then also you know look look professional, you know on one side. Mm-hmm. As time went on, uh, I got into Shopify, and when I got into Shopify, I was able to have a more website exp- a, a better you know customer experience on the um, you know on the computer side, because. Because what happened is I would post pictures of people's people's orders that I did, and they would come out nice. People like it. But then throughout the day as an entrepreneur, people were contacting me through so many different platforms. They were texting me. They were DMing me. I was getting Facebook messaging. Um, Sometimes I would get an email. Um, Sometimes I get a phone call. And it was just very difficult to kind of keep up with all of these different inquiries of people that wanted orders. So then I had to, I had to funnel everybody to just corresponding with me through email. I still have customers that, you know, that will text back and forth, but once we get to a certain point, I just move them to, to, to email so I can do that process. Um, and, you know, these, these are just the kind of like the stages and, and phases of, of of growing the business. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges, you know, I, I run into is because I'm at a point now where it's like, you know, I'm getting so many orders that I have to be conscious of like how many packages are getting delivered to my place without some like stealing it, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, I'm really at a point of like scale up. So we went from doing, you know, you know, a order a week, two orders a week to now I just mainly focus on like bulk orders mm-hmm. and, it's like, you know, a lot of different processes that, that go into that.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Cause I like when I talk to people who are entrepreneurs who, um, have jobs or come from, you know, uh, corporate or even government environments.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, those jobs you had leading up to this point where you started your t-shirt business and education I and mean, everything else you did, how uh, has that helped you at all in terms of, you know, running your business and figuring things out? Like, so did you learn anything like um, in the education space that maybe you brought with you that has helped you along this journey?
2: Oh, most definitely. One of the, one of the great things that, that happened to me was that, um, the organization I started working for with that university, it was a it was a brand new site. And what I mean is I was the director there. that my very first day, all I had was my cell phone and my laptop. So I was able to essentially grow, like hire people, you know, put, put the handbook in place, do training, um, really scale the program and measure outcomes. I had to manage the budget, you know, um, had to take care of people travel. So I was always in the process of figuring things out. So mm-hmm. when it time to me to do my business, I already had that built into me being able to figure things out. The challenge I'm at now is like, I was able to scale a business using someone else's money, right? You know, and their resources. Now I'm at a point where it's like, yo, like I I have to scale and remove myself and really fit in some, you know, sound systems. And, you know, that's where I'm at at this point. So that experience was perfect. I had some great, great contacts, people that, you know, um, able to i'm able to like really grow my business the the, the way that i have it because of all the networking and contacts that i did through through my job and through those through those spaces but if i hadn't if i didn't have that experience i wouldn't have been able to you know really do the business and grow up from the ground up you know i i I needed that practice basically
0: what was what's the name of your teacher company
2: it's called T academy t-e-e academy
0: okay okay Mm -hmm. t academy so we'll make sure that we put the link to your uh, to your website within the description and the show notes as well.
2: Mm-hmm. But um, and, go ahead, go ahead. And, and the reason it's called T Academy is because at the time um, when I was working with children, um, my my goal, in which I re- I really want to get get to, is that we were going to you know come up with a, a portion of certain cells to go back to students working in programs mm-hmm. and still trying to scale to that point. Now we've done things where is that my main demographic. Is people that work with people, right? So, you know, um, youth programs, nonprofits, um, a lot of uh, faith-based communities. So I, I, we we like to operate in that space because you know we we know what their needs are. Um, we we work with a lot of camps around the city, and I know from running camps, like you know, you <laughs> you're not going to know your sizes from you know that you know when you first put that first anchor in. You know, I know that you put that order in on a Friday you need it for the on Friday because that's the first big trip. So we kind of stayed in that space and eventually, you know, we want to be able to, you know, um, you know, do like some more booster fundraiser things where, where we can offer, you know, as like fundraisers, you know, and ways for smaller nonprofits and, and youth-based programs to be able to, you know, supplement what they're doing. Um, that was the original idea around T Academy where we, we can really, you know, give back to the youth and to the community.
0: Okay. That's dope stuff right there, man. So um, and of course, I know you got some questions, and I just want to get this on the record before we even move that. Is over the last couple years, you've added a whole other business to your portfolio of businesses, right? And you were telling me about um how you got into the vending business. Well, first off, how'd you even get into the vending business?
2: Yeah. So so while I was working, um uh I left working at the university and i started working for a company that did contract work so you know i still had a family to take care of so i was still held down a nine to five and basically we were in charge of like fixing the kiosk machines and um i worked there for a while and what happened was COVID hit and when COVID hit you know the t-shirt business slowed down well my regular day job we moved into a warehouse and just being an entrepreneur right i'm looking for problems, you know just looking for problems just looking like well, I should say a problem presented itself, an opportunity mm-hmm. presented itself. And I'm like, well, man, you know, we in this big warehouse. Where's the vending machines? You know, so mm-hmm. and because the T-shirts were slowing down because of COVID, people weren't gathering. I was just in, I was interested in like, you know, a, a different stream of income. So I looked around and I'm like, let me start look, looking into it. And when I start looking into it, I'm like, yo, the, the, the kiosk machine basically is parallel to a vending machine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, you know, there's a lot of things here. So I started looking into the business behind it. And um, I took a little further. I started investing into the stock market and I was trying to figure out ways where I can have a consistent, you know, passive stream of income.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So in my mind, I'm like, yo, you know, I bet I might make, I sell my chips for like a dollar, right? So I may make 50 cent on that bag. And I'm like, well, 50 cent right now is not nothing big, but 50 cent into Apple over, you know, 5, 10, 20 years. Yeah. away. So that's how I kind of set it up. was like, all right, I'll grab a couple machines and I can put this into my raw, put this into my, you know, you know, my stock portfolio. Mm-hmm. And over time it's like, yo, these the machines is 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 it's pretty scalable.
0: Yeah. So and we giving to, you, they're giving you cash flow to help you invest into something else.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's basically what it was because I realized within the t-shirt, I keep hitting this 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 ceiling of until I'm able to get automatic machines there's only so many orders I can do. Right. And then I realized, but the vending machine is like, okay, take the money from here, hit it into this, you know, and I'm, and I'm not just, you know, over leveraging just having one source of income from the, from the t-shirt business. So
0: how how has that been over the last couple of years in terms of starting the vending machine? How's that business um,
2: been for you? It's been right place, right time because of COVID, a lot of people who were in that space who were, you know, more so seasoned, they're 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 starting to exit that space. So it's kind of like if you if you had a business and said you targeted, like, offices and then people went virtual, you know, so those those people had a business, you know, set around those accounts, and now yeah. people aren't in their business. So, so So there's, like, a mass exodus of people who have, like, these legacy locations. So, you know, and I'm coming behind them, and I'm like, yo, I'll buy the machine directly off those people. Like, hey, you know, I'm a startup. So it's like, you know, I, I'll buy it. They're, they're trying to get out. And another, another um, you know opportunity within this space is that because of the credit card readers, a lot of people had a cash-based business. So mm-hmm. they don't want, you know, to record. They're doing all these transactions with the credit card. So that's that's, that's more people exiting the space. So it's, it's really been an opportunity to kind of like, you know, um, right place, right time. And because of my connections through the t-shirt business, I've been able to leverage those relationships and get into those respective, you know, um, organizations because because I'm, you know, dependable on the t-shirt side, they're like, and they're typically the people that can make the the decision to be able to come into that building because they they order the shirts. They're like, hey, come on inside my my organization as well and I can do the vending machines. So that's about.
0: interesting. That's interesting. Your journey in terms of how everything builds on top of each other, right? Yeah. So your work in education kind of helps you with the T-shirt, and then the T-shirt helps you with the other business because, um, I guess I guess honestly, it's because you're you're delivering. You're doing what you said you can do, right? Yeah. So, so you have a great say do ratio. So people, um, you know, kind of respect that and allow you to to keep you know building.
2: Yeah, and those you know, for me, relationships has been key. Like I said, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. But I understand relationships. I always try to create relationships that are mutually beneficial. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't really go into things like, let me see how I can get the the max out of this. And because I was in a position at my other company at my, my first job, I was the head person. I was able to help people while they were on their way up. And I'm just keeping it being like, they're, they're coming out of college. You know, I helped folks that were like, they're trying to do this program, this initiative, and I will help set up a program and a budget around them. So it was helping them get set up. It was fortunate to the kids. And now, you know, those folks, you know, really, you know, have been a blessing to repay that to me, you know, or we just look out and we just kind of build building each other up. But I always approach, you know, business relationships, business relationships in general, like, try to make it mutually beneficial, you know?
0: Yo, that's a, that's a gem right there. I'm actually writing that down. I think that might be the show title, Cora. Um, mm. I'm gonna tell you why, right? Because that's so true. Create relationships that are mutually beneficial i'm gonna tell you why um people don't think that way believe it or not oh. i get calls every day and then sometimes people say oh, i want you to mentor me help me with this but they only ask about what i can do for them always and it's not that i'm opposed to that but it's like you know i've only had one young boy but not, and i was impressed by that he was like what can i do for you how can i add value and i'm like okay you know what i mean because you gotta create relationships that are mutual. Everybody is always looking to take, take, take instead of yes. give, 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 and that's the wrong way to be. So I think that's um, that's a gem right there. But and that'll help you in the long run too. You you can you can pivot from that to something else. But what they remember is how you made them feel and the fact that you delivered what you said you would, whether it's t-shirts, whether it's vending machine, no matter what it is,
2: mm-hmm. you know
0: what I mean. So I, I think that's a gem right there. That's that's a bar. Um, Corey, can you I have some questions, bro. It,
2: I'm sorry. So. Just piggybacking off of that, because I had different phases in my t-shirt business, a lot of my older students come work for me as independent contractors, you know. Okay. So it's like, you know, they, they call me Uncle Storo. So I've had students literally who were in my programs in eighth grade that come at different times on the year, you know, when I get really busy. So I'm able to pay them, you know what I mean? And they still looking out for their uncle so to speak. And yeah, so it's 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 mutually beneficial you know what i mean We're sure. mutually mutually beneficial right benefits yeah. them and you at the same time because i can still give them i'm just one of common people like i can be i can i can talk to them about life talk to them about entrepreneurship and, and you know and, and send them on their way. Anyway, so whatever space they functioning in now i'm giving them some wisdom you know and they you know helping me at the same time so yeah
0: yeah yeah that was, that's key mutually beneficial go ahead what's up Corey?
1: all right so a few things um one um when you're when you're setting up these programs or you're setting up your businesses in in these places um what is the first thing like what is the uh the parameters that you're looking for to set up or for for a business what is the parameters you're looking to set up for and for a person what are the parameters you're looking for for people that work with you and for you okay
2: for the for the uh, vending machine or the t-shirt company
1: or oh, for anything like like what are you what kind of people are you looking for to work with and be around
2: yeah, so in the, in the t-shirt space, I'm looking for people that that can do multiple things, right? Like, do you have somewhat of an artistic background? Because we don't have the, you know, I'll call it like the McDonald's model where we don't need chefs, right? McDonald's don't need chefs. They just need people that can do, you know, you know a function within the system. Because I'm not at that place yet, I have to have people that have somewhat of an artistic background, people that can figure things out, people that can see a problem that we didn't you know, see coming and they can figure it out. So, you know, um, I I like a lot of creative people that that can do that because I have, I have folks that can just do the printing and then I have people that can, that can think the whole process all the way through. Now, to be transparent. One of the challenges I run into is that those folks that worked for me, learned and then went out on their own and did their own thing. (laughs) That's one of the, that's one of the challenges. It's kind of like the trade secret now. I don't cut those people off, to be honest, like, yo, you, you know, like, listen, like, you know, that's, that's not me. So we'll collaborate sometimes on certain things because they'll get out there and they'll see like, yo, it's a lot to it than just manufacturing a shirt. Right. So I look for people that kind of had that entrepreneur drive that's creative because they can, you know, add value to my business. And, but I'm trying to, you know, get to a point, I can talk about this later, I'm just scaling up where I don't need these people that are that specialized. They can just kind of like, you know, just go through the process of pushing certain buttons. In terms of the vending machines, uh, I just basically, you know, it's a little bit more straightforward. Like it's almost like real estate in a sense. It's about location. It don't really matter anything other than like how many people they have in the building and is and is it placed in the right location. Because if you don't have those two things, it doesn't matter what products you put in there, right? You just have to have those things in place. So um, the vending machine business is... It's basically business 101, you know. Uh, you just let Pepsi and Coca-Cola do the work for you. You know what I mean? You get a, you get a reliable machine, keep it filled up, and it can could, it could just grow. And, um, yeah.
1: You, are you doing the, uh, the refills or are you paying someone else to do that?
2: So we're at the phase now where we have two guys that are filling things up. I'm training them. Um, and it's very interesting you said it because I'm training them with videos instead of me going out on location, right? Cause it would be like, I'm going to location. So now I'm creating a, a system where we're recording me training them and I'm sending them videos basically off of YouTube. So when they go out there, they have a pre pre-existing knowledge of it. And, you know, they'll be able to handle everything at this point forward. But before it was me and my partners, but now it's like, cause we're getting so many locations, I got to scale up, you know, and that's kind of around that now using technology, you know, for that.
1: And, and you said, um, that you have youth programs. So what, what are what are the qualifications for the youth programs that you run? Well, the
2: youth programs was back in the day, like when I first started working. Um, so you know, um, I actually do go in schools and teach workshops on entrepreneurship. Um, a couple of my schools that I print their shirts for, that's kind of what I do. Like I just don't come in and like print, sh- you know, print they shirts. I'll come in and do a workshop on, on on t-shirts. But what's interesting was I did a career day not uh, recently. And the kids are more interested in learning about the vending machines, you know, because of all the different products, but that business is very easy to teach because it's just really based on supply and demand. So, um, that's, that's my way of, of giving back. You know, I don't charge anything. I just come out, you know, and, and talk with you. Dope.
0: man. Yeah. Dope stuff you got going on, man. Um, let me ask you this question, right? So you talked about your experiences growing up in terms of, uh, education, um, you know, working in, in education mm-hmm. and also entrepreneurship. Along that journey, what would you say is the biggest hurdle, or something that you had to overcome to get you from where you started, where you said you weren't that great of a student, and you know you have a lot of reasons why, to where you are now, um, where you're able to communicate, you're able to run multiple businesses. What would you say is the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome in that time?
2: Um, I think that I think the biggest hurdle uh, is is basically. Being being realistic of what I can do, right? So I I got like we were talking before, you know, I'll I'll get up early, I'll work late, I'll do what was what's ever required. Getting a little older. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't yeah. do those things. So um I'm realizing that even with the vendor so what I learned from the t shirt business is that you have to set the systems up early so that it's scalable. With the vending machine, I'm two years in, I'm 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 zooming in on making it scalable. And that's kind of where I'm at is like the biggest challenge I've had is that in other spaces, I've been able to, you know, you know, in the context of running programs, elevate those programs, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, even in church, you know, elevate certain things, the systems in place, but doing it for myself and trusting people to do it, you know, I'm forced to do it now. Right. Mm -hmm. I have so many orders. I have so many machines. Um, I just order, you know, three books on a scaling up, you know, like, I, like, like I have to force myself not because, because if I think about it, I never scaled up a business. I've scaled up organizations that work with people, you know, but I haven't scaled up a business where, you know, you know, I'm handed X amount of invoices, X amount of purchase orders, you know, X amount of shipment coming. I need to be able to scale up in a way that removes myself. So that's been the biggest, the biggest hurdle, you know, to be honest, it's like, it's, it's, it's a scale-up, you know. I'm still,
0: and let me ask you this question about the vending machine, but you talked about like, um, some of the struggles of the older, um, people who were in the business before, mm-hmm. so with you. those office spaces now going virtual and all that kind of stuff where are you finding locations
2: at yeah sure so basically i i break them into like uh three categories okay Uh, is legacy sites so i I call a legacy site like a school because COVID took place schools we realized that a lot of things can close down but not a school a school can't remain closed but for so long just the way the economy works right so these are my legacy sites so i'll put you know like a brand new machine in there and I'm trusting that this school is not going to close down over the next 10, 20 years, right? So I get that contract. Now the volume of transactions is not as high as, like, say, like a warehouse, but it's a legacy site, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I get there, we park it there. The second thing is I look at, you know, um, high value locations. So these are like um, basically warehouse, anywhere where people are doing physical activity. So that's that's what I'm looking for. So my spots where I have warehouses, they do really, really good numbers. And basically, you know, like, man, listen, I talk that talk. I go in there, I look at your, I, I can look at your vending machine. You, and I know it sounds funny. It's like, you you can see a guy with, with, with a lady that's really attractive. Like, yo, he ain't treating you right. You know what I mean? I can go in there, like, Y'all got these products? Like, man, like, he ain't full. <laughs> yo, and you, and you go in there and, and, and you realize that people like, I'm like, yo, listen, man. I start I start talking that talk and and then you talk with the person that owned the machine they may not want to pit up with the demand of that particular site because mm-hmm. it's trying to be something simple man you talk that talk and then you, <laughs> you, you get in there man it, it's it's simple and that's just being an entrepreneur man you know this is just like yo you just see an opportunity and and that's and that's what I look at um, the third one is I'm figuring out I'm trying to find you know I'm looking at offices but to your point with like COVID you know it, it's very touchy. Because I have a location. It was, it was supposed to have 150 to 200 people in the office. We looked at the look at the area, it was like off the boulevard. So it was no corner poppy stores or nothing like that. I'm like, oh bet. Like, you know, we put this machine in there. COVID hit. They went from having 150 people and they was gonna have clients come in. Mm-hmm. It went down to basically 10 people being in the office per week. Mm. So it's like I took the the snack machine out because of the, because of you know those products spoil quicker right yeah the chips and the, and the donuts etc and I just left a beverage machine now they're kind of complaining like oh we want a snack machine but I'm like yo y'all don't have enough people in here to justify having a snack machine yeah so, you know those are basically the two areas in which at this point I know you know I only know what I know at this point is is is, is getting the schools because they're legacy locations they're not going to close down and the second one is getting the uh you know uh, places where people just working and those mm-hmm. work they drink in Gatorade, they drink in Red Bull, they drink in Monster, you know, and, you know, there's a, it's funny when you get into this space, you realize there is people who hold like like their their lifestyles built around a vending machine. I can see people transactions. So I'll see people do about six or seven transactions per day. You know, people, you know, they'll they'll build their, you know, their menu, so to speak, around what's in a vending machine. Like they're expecting they're expecting to come in on, on a Monday and that machine had fresh products. You know a variety of products and like that's you know that's their that's their corner store you know i got one machine we, we jokingly called the poppy store because traditionally you're going to places like pepsi coke diet coke ginger ale i have pineapple soda peach soda you know and, and we call it the poppy which is like yo like if for that demographic of customers they like that you know
0: So mm-hmm. all right man so that's dope man you you, you taking that business and now you'll have two businesses that you that you're running man yeah. Um, so tell us about the future though. So the future of everything that you got going on, you still have your t-shirt business, you're scaling up the vending machine business. What's the future look like? Are you going to just stick to those two lanes? Or are you looking at anything different?
2: So I'm going to, I'm going to wear a weird place with the t-shirt business to be honest, because I'm looking to scale up. Right. But I, I, I also don't, I also don't trust and I'm probably had to get over this. I don't, I don't trust, um, people to grow with me because what I've seen is that, they get the trade secrets and they go somewhere else, right? Okay. But I can also get in the lane where I just mainly do very large orders that kind of take care enough. So I'm looking to get some some more machinery where I can just target people, target organizations, and then I can do bulk orders, you know, and we'll see how it go from there. Um, and it's just because, you know, I may just feel like somebody that's been kind of not necessarily burnt, but it's like, you know, people see it and they just take it and run with it. Gotcha. you. Got know? you. So, um, but the, the vending machine business, um, I'm looking to scale up, man, looking to do, I got three new contracts this week. Um, I'm doing a walkthrough on Friday. And, you know, I, I just think it's, I think it's something that if you look at the way consumerism is, is going, you know, um, even within the vending machine space, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm counting on technology evolving in a way where people just may want to have, you know, going to the vending machine and you know there's there's touchless vending machines there's the ones where you know you can pick stuff up excuse me you can pick mm-hmm. stuff up and you know it'll charge it is charged to your account and i think there's a market for it you know um but you know trying to find you know the, the places that do that um that's that's where we're at right now but you know um i i enjoy it man to be honest
0: man that's dope so um before we before we get you out of here let me ask you this question um what is your favorite book or a book that's inspired you along this journey
2: yeah um I got two books man one there's a couple if you got it one is called the uh Tipping Point um you know by Malcolm Gladwell Gladwell. yeah yeah man that was that was something that 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 really inspired me um you know just to even think you know in terms of that one of the things in the book talked about like people that like connectors people that create movements
0: Mm -hmm.
2: um people that share information I gotta shout out my brother-in-law uh Vicks you know he's a he's a connector man you know he sees something that's that's the bro man that's our brother so you know that was one of the things that that, that set out to me. The other one is called uh, Mavericks at Work." Uh, it's mm-hmm. an older book. I can't remember the author. I think it was like two authors. Um, but but basically, it it looked at like trends in business where people set out to do one thing and something came about it. Like um, one of the stories was 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 about um, a company called Pop Belly. Um, mm-hmm. the Place they started out as a as a um, as a in the garage selling books. Well, they kept making sandwiches. And then people started coming to the books well to to the garage sale for the sandwiches more so than the actual products they were selling and then evolved into that and i take that back to you know when i was working with with kids i I always knew i wanted to be something entrepreneur i was always looking at something could turn into something and 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 listening and reading those stories about about that and i think they even had like the story of papa john in in that book i'm not i'm not mistaken how he his dad had like a bar or bowling alley. And, you know, you know, excuse me if I'm, I'm I'm not sure which one it is, but people were coming there for his pizza eventually because that became more popular. And that's how I kind of live life. Like, like, like do what, you know, I'm doing at this moment and something will open up when I was, when I transitioned from education to then fixing machines it's a whole career shift, but it freed me to do my t-shirt business. But I never understood at the time, why am I fixing kiosk machines? You know, thank God, you know, you know, a couple of years later, I got a vending machine company, right? So yeah, I just, yeah. like, I gotta walk by faith, and you know, you know what it is I'm walking in, because you never know, you know, you know what can come out of that, and that's where you know those those two books inspired me. Like, yo, whatever you doing, you know, it, it can be an opportunity that comes out of it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because um, I've read Tipping Point. The other book I actually have, I never read it. Right. So um I think I got it on Audible. I think it is. Like, this on audiobook. About I think if that's the same one, it's like, yeah, it's Will- yeah, William Taylor. It's in my Audible account. Just never listened to it. But now I'm going to go listen to it because <laughs> you said that. You know, Audible be giving you credits every month. So sometimes I just buy business books and I just yeah. never get to them. But no, so that's dope, though. Um Man, this has been a, a, a great episode, man. Corey, you got any other questions for the brother before we get out of here?
1: No, I mean he's doing an amazing job of being an entrepreneur. He take took taking the skills that he's used in one place and, 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 and transitioning those skills to, to, to be able to do multiple other things. So that's that's an amazing thing because I know people that got skills and they don't transfer at all. Those sometimes sometimes
0: people who work at jobs don't even recognize that they can yeah. take those skills and transfer them, right? So that's a that's a gem too. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's that's, that's true, man. And you yeah. see. Hey, man, some people, some people just work better, you know, with parameters and, and and systems and, you know, a safety net in place. Like, it's hard to go out there and risk, you know, your own time, energy and effort, you know. so mm-hmm.
0: uh, I know a guy that went to um, Penn. He told me that that's one of the things like um, that's like taught in the culture, like at Wharton, where, yeah. where you'll go get a job. But your purpose of getting that job is to just get skills to go start your own. Like, you go into the job with that in your head. Like, I'm going to go work at this investment bank. I'm going to get all the games so I can go do my own.
2: Listen, I work with with Wharton students. Like, we was together, like, constantly. It's a whole different mentality, man.
0: Yeah.
2: Even, I'll say this, even, like, the jobs that come to them. Like, I was at a job fair with with one of my folks one time. We were there. And to see HBO, Goldman Sachs, like, all these places just coming to them, like, begging To, to take them is like yo because they definitely have a different mindset of, of about yeah. you know problem solving and, and you know just just doing business but yeah i agree yes.
0: yeah so that, that that's very interesting man so you drop a lot of a lot of gems in this episode and one of the things i like about your story and what you're doing is um the part about like you know bringing back your old students and all and always like you know putting other people on i think that's important to continuously do and you'll be blessed for it um with that being said, though, to our audience out there, make sure you follow Sterling. I'll put all of his information within the description box as well as the show notes. Um, you know, you got to put an order in for some teas. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Sterling's right here in the city. So, um, you know, but make sure you check him out. Um, and Sterling, man, we just want to say thank you again for your time. We appreciate you, man, because, you know, time is your most valuable asset. So I want to say thank you, good brother.
2: Uh, thank you guys for having me, man. Thanks for the opportunity, you know, to your listeners. You know, you know, hey, man, stay, stay encouraged. You know, it's a journey
0: this is absolutely true man and for our listeners as we always say it's not about how much money you make it's about how much you keep game elevates we'll see you guys in our next episode peace